This the remix. I let I want Josh to I don't, you know you know for for me personally I just got to execute at the highest level every play you know and um, you know when it comes to anything else we'll ask for Josh but you know for me personally like um, you know trying to be pinpoint every time to make the right call you know make sure I'm sliding the right way moving in the pocket you know all those kind of things those are things that you know when I if I if I do it in practice boom it shows up in the game you know and so I'm just trying to do that. Doesn't matter if you have one ass cheek and three toes I will beat your ass. Probably shouldn't say this, but I'll say it anyway. Nobody here should go to Vegas with the thought of betting on us to win the championship. <laughs> and I know somebody will say, "Gosh, what if Debbie Downer?" There's a chance. What if they work really hard? It's probably not going to happen. Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man. Play by play, anybody, and you grind, you ground it out, and you did it together. You made the playoffs and beat the Braves, the, the Brewers, and the Dodgers, and then you beat the Astros to win it all. I just crushed my dreams. You since any give up in the locker room? Hell no. What kind of questions that Phil? Boom. Sadness. That's the one. Shane Beamer in the show every day. Uh, he and Phil. Um, <laughs> Have we determined who Phil is? No. no. Don't want to know. I hope he got his name wrong. I did wrong. like Popovich though. Ah, don't go bet on us. Don't We're not go gonna bet on us. Title. We're not going to win anything. He's one of the few coaches that would actually say that, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, he's one of the few coaches who can say that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I would love like Mark Stone to come out and just be like, no one believes in us anyway, so you guys don't go bet on us or anything. I hope a Spurs player at some point during the season, which I can't even name a Spurs player at the moment, uh, just is like, ah, nobody believed in us, not even our coach. And look at us. We're in the playoffs. Can it, can either of you name a Spurs player? Um, They traded away DeJounte Murray, the, their best player last year. Do they still have? No, they don't, do they? Uh, I can't name a Spurs player. Can't do it. No. Okay. Yeah, I'm like, no. I, I was going for this. Why is Popovich still there? I don't, I don't know. I thought <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know why he hasn't retired. Because I'm they're serious. still paying him, I guess. I guess so. Yeah, I guess he's still making <laughs> I mean, a lot of money. But I, I've, you know what? I've asked that question the last two or three years. <laughs> Haven't you? Yeah. Like, what are you still doing around? Once he, I mean, he won five or six. I think the one with Kawhi was either five or six. And after that, they just started losing everybody. All right. Here is the uh, projected starting lineup according to ESPN for the Spurs. For the Spurs? At point guard, Trey Jones. Okay. Never heard of him. At shooting guard, Devin Vossel. Okay. No idea. Devin. Yeah, Devin. Here's no one. Clue. Here's one. Small forward, Doug McDermott. Hey! Ah! He's a. he. Oh, man. Charles Barkley better get that memorized because he's definitely going to be a who he played for. At power forward, Keldon Johnson. I don't even know where these guys played in college. And at center, you should know this one, Jakob Pertl. He went to Utah. Oh, yeah. So uh, I've heard of two of those So guys. two of the five. I've yeah. heard of two of them. Yeah. Um, they're not very good. <sighs> Doug McDermott. Should that be the team we adopt? No. God, no. Why would you want to watch that? That's Pop's theme. <laughs> Woo! All right, what? Who's a young bad team? Uh, these guys are young, aren't they? I hope these guys are young. I'm assuming well, all these not. guys are young. McDermott's not, but Jakob Pertl is he their second oldest player, and he's 26. 
I mean, Keldon Johnson. You can't is, tell me those uh, who those other dudes. Devin are. Vassell's twenty-two. Keldon Johnson's twenty-two. Trey Jones twenty-two. All these guys are twenty-two. Joshua Primo's coming off the bench and he's nineteen. Josh Richardson's twenty-nine. He's coming off the bench. Josh Richardson's on that different. Team? Josh Richardson, oh. I think. Jeremy Sochan is also oh, 19. Oh, I've heard of Jeremy Sochan. I don't yeah, know where Baylor. he played college, but I've heard yeah. of him. Uh, Zach Collins from Gonzaga. Oh. He's a uh, 24. Uh, this team is extremely young. I don't know who Blake Wesley is, but he's 19 Zach on this Collins, roster. Local that's kid. my that's the, the, the premise of my let's adopt a team. It's like, let's adopt yeah. a... He's local. Jared, how old do you think Doug McDermott is? Oh, my God. I remember him being drafted. So, good Lord, 32? 28. He's 30 years old. Jesus. And I believe he's the oldest player on this team. No. Gorgie Dang is on this oh, team. He's, he's on the team. He's 32. Okay. All right. This is no, we're not adopting this team because they suck, but they are very young. Okay, but I've they're probably gonna be the youngest team in the league because the oldest player is 32, and everybody else is like 26 right. or younger. At some point, I need to know like what team do you think is gonna be in the play-in game? Are what teams? The Hornets. They're always in the play-in game. Is that? Do we want to adopt the? We're Hornets? not adopting a damn NBA team. I've already got sales working on it. <laughs> well, no, that's not going to happen then. On the Raiders, uh, <laughs> here's a fun stat for you. Alex Bars was the lowest graded offensive player for the Raiders on Sunday by Pro Football Focus. So the Raiders. Here's a question: Why did Alex Bars start? Uh. I'm going to go with Derek Carr's comments after the game of the practice comments, the focus comments, and the working hard comments. I'm going to say that maybe that had a lot to do with uh, Cotton and or Simpson. So if we are implying Carr's comments to the offensive line, we're basically saying Lester Cotton and John Simpson have not been focused in practice. I just... This is... Dicey. <laughs> uh, maybe not. I think his... Look, his comments meant somebody. Right. And those are the ones who you were surprised didn't start. Right. So and Alex Bars One plus one equals the three there, squad. but they call the guy up off the practice squad to start in <laughs> on the road against the Titans. And then not only did Alex Bars Does that make start, sense, by the way? Oh, 100%. Because not only did Alex Bars start, he played every single snap. Right. The coach that said a week before... Well, they've all earned a chance to play and was rotating through the offensive line in the first two weeks, did not rotate once in that game. All five offensive linemen that started played every single snap of that game. So I think it's very clear that we got, there is something with Lester Cotton and John Simpson that was not good enough for Josh McDaniels. Oh, I don't think there's any question about that. Because they went from starting. Because they weren't hurt. To not even being in the rotation. It's not like they were on lists. And they got passed up by Alex Bars, who got called up from the practice squad, and then was the worst graded player on the field. Like, at some point, you would have been like, oh, Alex Bars isn't working out very well. Let's get John Simpson or Lester Cotton in there. But they didn't do that. They did not do that once. Alex Bars played every single snap of that game. So I think it is perfectly fair to assume that John Simpson and Lester Cotton did something to not earn the start and then not earn playing yeah. time 
as well. And then when Carr Carr mentions Carr meant something. Yeah. You don't just bring that up about you know it starts in practice, it starts in the film room, it starts with focus and all that. He 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 he's the one who brought that up. Right. So you don't bring that up unless you're talking about specific people. And those two make the most sense. Now, if we look at this season so far, and we're three weeks in, still early. But I'm going to give you the pro football focus grades of the offensive line so far. Uh, PFF has graded 73 guards this season. Lester Cotton ranks 41st. Uh, Alex Bars ranks 70th. Not last. Uh, John Simpson has not played enough snaps to qualify. Um, But 41st and 70th out of 73. Uh, At tackle, there have been 70 graded tackles. Colton Miller, 40th so far. Jermaine Illuminor, 62nd. Thayer Munford, 64th. Uh, centers, there are 35. Uh, Andre James has not played enough no, snaps to qualify. But Dylan Parham has and is 23rd out of 35. So what that means is the Raiders do not have a single offensive lineman so far this season that is the top in the top half at their position. Top half, not top 10, 15, Nobody's in the top half of their position on the offensive line so far this year. Maybe that's why they've had seven rotations. Maybe <laughs> they, that's why they've had seven different lineups. But they didn't use any. They or they only used one yeah. in the in week game. three. Yeah. So this offensive line, we knew it was not going to be any good. It has not performed very well right. this year, and there doesn't appear to be a fix in sight. I mean, we're talking about Simpson and Cotton getting benched, a guy from the practice squad coming up and being performing worse than any of the guys that had already played on the offensive line. We're talking about, I mean, they brought in Justin, uh, what was that guy's last name? Haran from New England. He's probably, I think he was active. Was he? Right? I thought he was I inactive. I thought he was. was okay. I, I assume he's I playing he at some point. I assume oh, we're yeah, seeing at him. At some point, given all these numbers you're putting out there, <laughs> That guy's how, can be, how can he be worse? Right. At some point, you're playing the guy you traded a sixth and got back a seventh for. Um, but is there a real fix? Because to me, and of all these numbers, is Colton Miller the biggest problem that he's graded 40th? He is not played well right. in terms of uh, the pressures. He's given up pressures this year. He's given up pressures. He's given up sacks. Is that the biggest issue? Because coming into well, it's the year, because he was the, he was the only one people thought was the sure thing. Right. We we knew the offensive line wasn't going to be good, but we assumed he was going to be terrific. Right. But the thought was, okay, Colton Miller should be great, and then after Colton Miller, if they can find something somewhere else, then maybe they'll have a couple of good offensive linemen, and they'll be good to go. But that hasn't that hasn't materialized. Right. They have not gotten that from Colton Miller this year. And I think that might be the biggest concern at the moment is that where are they getting a single good offensive lineman this year? I mean, I think Colton Miller eventually can be better than 40th. I would hope. I mean, (laughs) I would hope he's better than 40th out of 70, right? But is he going to be top 10? Like I don't It's hard. It's hard now to get back to top 10, right? Right. It's hard to work yourself back to that. So I'm just, it's to me, if we're trying to figure out like, okay, the Raiders are on three, where do they get better? I I don't know where the answer is. I mean, Colton Miller should be better, but then after that, who's better on this team? Do we get do we get anything good in the future? Offensive line wise? Um I saw some stats uh off the game. Um it was Carr, Foster Morrow, um 
I'm trying to think who else, but Thayer Munford graded out pretty well after the last game, I thought, uh, in terms of their offensive players. He was the fifth, fourth highest graded fourth. offensive player. Hollins was first. Well, okay, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, Hollins. Carr was second. And then Morrow. Foster Moreau was third. And then Thayer Munford. But here's the thing. If you're looking at just the actual grade that Pro Football Focus gave, like Matt Collins got an 85, which is very good. Thayer Munford got a 66. Okay. It's not a good no, grade. No, it's a big discrepancy. Right. You would he, even if he was a 66 grade the entire season, I still think he's outside the top 30 among right or among tackles the, uh, for the whole year. So the yes, he was graded the fourth highest, but it's because like Foster Morrow was third at 78. That's a pretty good grade. That's a good number. But there's a massive drop off. It's because there wasn't another good player in that game for the rate. Like Colton Miller was the fifth highest graded guy. Out of 63, right. which is not good at all. So Darren Waller, who dropped three passes, got a 60. And he was the sixth best player, according to Pro Football Focus. So it's not a good grade, but it was fourth best because you're comparing it to a bunch of guys that got bad grades. Uh, but Alex Bars, by the way, 37 was his Pro Football Focus grade in that game. It's not very good. 37? Yeah, he ga- I think what? He gave, up, he gave up pressures and at least one sack. But I think the real key is he committed two penalties uh, that wiped out some plays. And I it, I believe pro football focus grades you pretty harshly as an offensive lineman if you commit penalties. Like they grade, I, I don't know exactly how they do it, but I'm under the impression they, like if you then get we called. we now know some of those grades and right, why. If you get called for holding, they, it's basically the same as giving up a sack. Because right. Well, it basically is. it is. Right, because if you, if on a pass play. Because if you don't holding, hold, the guy is probably passing. Right, but if you get called for holding on a pass play, you lose 10 yards. Now, granted, yeah. you get to replay the down, so it's not as bad as a sack because a sack, you the down counts and you lose the 10 yards, but you lost 10 yards on a play, right. and for most offenses, if you go from first and 10 to first and 20, drives over, right? I mean, it, that's, that's a drive killer for you. All right, coming up next, it's Bischoff's Briefs. Bischoff's Briefs. I'm afraid we need to use math. Bischoff's Briefs. I knew I should have checked your showboating globetrotter algebra. Bischoff's Briefs. Man, I thought you knew that algebra was all razzmatazz. Bischoff's Briefs. Yes, I see. Something involving that many big words could easily destabilize time itself. All right, Bischoff's briefs today. We got two important soccer games. First off, Lights FC is playing a home game against Monterey Bay. Uh, Lights lost on Saturday to San Diego 2-1, to one, which means Lights have now lost four in a row, and in their last 10, they have won just one game. They sit 10th in the West. Top seven make the postseason. They are five points back of seventh place. So that means not only do they have to make up five points on Rio Grande Valley, they also have to pass two other teams to get into seventh and into a playoff spot. And there's four games left in the season. Three of them are at home, including tonight. So they kind of have to win all four, most likely. To get in. I would guess so. Maybe winning three of the four is good enough, but they probably have to win all four to get into the postseason. Um, this, by the way, is the makeup game for when they had a 
pipe burst under the field at Cashman, and they were not allowed well, not I mean, allowed it, to play. Day in and why? <laughs> will the will the plumbing be good enough to play again today? They got three in a row. They got three. They got they two got three with one without week. pipes bursting. They got two games this week. I don't even know if they'll make it oh, through this week. Oh, you mean they've got in the same two games at home? Yeah. That's dicey. Two this week and one next week. I don't even know if they'll make it through that without the pipes bursting. So uh, there's your look at Lights FC in what was once a promising year where I thought they at were At one sure. time, we didn't think there's any chance they would right. not make the playoffs. And then they decided to win one of ten, and now they're almost certainly not going to make the postseason. Um, uh, it was going to be the first time, too. They're now, uh, by the way, they're now minus 15 in goal differential, differential on the season. This, uh, where's it at? This four game losing stretch that they're on, they lost five nothing, six one, three nothing, and then two to one. So, um, not very good. Uh, I doubt this team is going to the playoffs, but if they win tonight, I'll come in tomorrow and tell you that they've got a shot. You going tonight? Uh, probably not. All right. <laughs> the field might not work. So. <laughs> Show up and not uh, not have an actual game going on. The other important soccer game, Team USA plays Saudi Arabia today at 11 a.m. Uh, this is the last friendly before the World Cup in November. The U.S. lost to Japan on yeah. Friday. What was that about? In all honesty, I saw that it's the game on Friday against Japan is probably the worst they've played in like three years. They did have a couple of score. I was going to ask you about that. What they, happened? They did have a couple of bad world cup qualifiers. So maybe saying it's the worst they've played is a, maybe there's one or two games they've played worse than that in like three years, but it's like they gave the ball away more than I've ever seen them give the ball away. Like it was awful. Like the United States should have a good midfield, like in all honesty, compared to the rest of the world, they're not going to sit here and tell you it's the best, but their midfield should be good. And they just gave the ball away like a hundred times to Japan. It's the worst they've probably played in three years. And they play Saudi Arabia today. Saudi Arabia is not that good. Um, So the United States should beat them. But the main concern at this point, I can't remember the exact stat, but uh, under Greg Berhalter, the United States, when they play on U.S. soil, is something ridiculous like 32-1, and right? Like they're unbelievable when they play at home. But when they play away from the United States, I think they now have five wins, five draws, and six losses. Where's the game today? Uh, somewhere in Europe. I can't remember where. Okay. But some they just stayed in Europe to play these two games. So you're playing Saudi Arabia. It's not in Saudi Arabia, so it's a neutral site. So it shouldn't really matter who's the home side. But I'm curious to see. Uh, Christian Pulisic is going to start in this one. He didn't play in the first one. Um, but yeah, they've got some question marks. And I'm curious to see if they play actually well in this Can the game? team that lost to Japan get out of the group stage? If they play like that, they're losing every single game in the World Cup. That's the they, they, they cannot win if they play like that. That was pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. But we've seen that team play well. Right. We've right. seen that team play like to a standard where they can get out of the group in right. the World Cup. So I don't know exactly what to do with that game. If they come out and play well today, then it's a one-off. Right. Then I might just look at it and say, all right, well, who cares about, you know, right. whatever. That weird that was a weird game against Japan. Like, there's probably going to be some lessons to take from it. But if they come out and play poorly against Saudi Arabia, 
You might be looking at it saying, okay, they got to figure some stuff out in a month and they don't have any games to do so. Like, that's the thing. It, normally, you wouldn't look at this random game against Japan and Saudi Arabia and, and regardless think a whole lot of it, but they don't play again until the World Cup. The next time after today that they play another country is the World Cup, is when right. they play Wales to start the World Cup. And if they play poorly in this one, they absolutely, you're going to be concerned going into that. So there's your two big soccer games. Now, I want to end Bischoff's Reese with a question. This is uh, for Jared. Uh, when's the last time you ate either like pepperoni rolls or bagel bites or something, something in that genre of small handheld pizza? Um, I don't know, probably like three months ago. Okay. All right. Fairly recent within the year. Yeah. Okay. How do you cook your bagel bites, pizza rolls, whatever they are? Air fryer. Air fryer. Okay. Oh yeah. That's good. That's there a good go. answer. That's a good one. So yesterday... Uh, at UNLV basketball practice, we talked to Elijah Harkless, and he let us know. Nobody asked him, but he let us know that he had pepperoni rolls for breakfast. Okay. Um, I asked the important follow-up question of where, how'd you cook them? And he said microwave because he was running short on time, but normally he uses the oven. Okay. So That's, oven, oven is... Uh... Oven second place behind air fryer. So I, I'm my assumption here is Elijah Harkless doesn't have an air fryer in his apartment or wherever he's living, right? That's that's going to be my my guess at the moment. So for him, oven is a hundred percent the best option of the two for sure. Yeah, unless well, I mean, he has a toaster oven. I which, was about to say we should probably one of some booster get that kid a toaster oven. <laughs> hey nil. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. perfectly legal. Do a commercial for a toaster oven. Sure. Just tweet about it. You get it on an Amazon wish list or something like Nothing that. Nothing like the air fryer. Yeah. Um, so air fryer one, toaster oven slash oven two. Probably toaster oven two. And I mean, then they do oven. the same job. Well, unless you're cooking like 40 bagel bites. Right. I oh, just he's didn't... a growing boy. <laughs> He's a young kid. If he ate four bagel bites for breakfast, and, and then tried those, that like the and then try those defensive bag? slides. <laughs> now, Jared, when three months ago when you ate bagel bites, what time of day was it? Um, probably like ten thirty at night. Okay, right. That seems like the standard time to eat bagel bites is ten thirty at night. He ate them for breakfast. And I'm trying to remember back. I ate a lot of bagel bites when I was in college or pizza rolls, whatever, either one. I ate a lot of those when I was in high school and college. I can't remember. I don't think I ever ate them for breakfast. I don't remember ever being like, oh, yeah, breakfast, bagel bites. I mean, man, the closest I'm getting to it is a baked chicken thing from Costco. For breakfast? <laughs> no, for dinner. Oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, last night I had bacon and eggs for dinner. Oh, breakfast for dinner is awesome. Yeah. Breakfast at any time. Breakfast for dinner is awesome. Phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, it was also more of a open the fridge and go. Uh, What's in it? Uh, hey, that's not bad. No. That's not bad. You can do worse than that. Breakfast for dinner you can't beat. Yeah. It's great. But bagel bites for breakfast. Pepperoni rolls for it's breakfast. Uh, if it's Saturday morning and I don't have to work, there's <laughs> it, hey, it's on the menu. He should be healthy and get some Pop-Tarts. <laughs> I mean, do something. Get some. He, get a pastry filled with like jelly and frosting. Yeah, he, get, he get did, real healthy. He did acknowledge that it wasn't the healthiest choice he could have made. Okay, smart yeah. kid. Yeah, he, well, so he, oh, he did. What are you acknowledge talking about? It. It's got protein in the pepperoni. It's got <laughs> carbs in the, the yeah. breading. You can work off the carbs yeah. with the defensive drills. Yeah, he probably he probably was in better shape than somebody who skipped breakfast. All right, coming up next, <laughs> Ryan Wallace joins the show. 
This isn't the Alex Ovechkin Power Hour. This is the VGK Update with Ryan Wallace. Follow him on Twitter at RyanHockeyGuy. I'm out. Before we get to Ryan to continue our pizza conversation, I forgot one of my favorite things to do in the air fryer is to take a piece of pita bread, put some like tomato sauce or mozzarella or uh, marinara on it, and then some mozzarella and put it in there. And that's like my little homemade personal pizza. I'm telling you, you can't beat the air fryer. Yeah. We do great. salmon in it uh, for salmon bowls. And, great invention. Uh, I don't know who came incredible. up with this, but it's incredible. very good. I will say that the one downfall of the air fryer is if you don't like have the right breading, sometimes the breading just literally will snap and like slide off the uh, chicken or the fish that you bread it. Doesn't sound ideal. Uh, joining us now from the VGK Insider Show is Ryan Wallace. Ryan, uh, do you own an air fryer? Yeah, do you own an air fryer? Yeah, of course. But you, you don't get don't go to me. Like, please tell me more about your air fryer dish, dishes, Tyler. Okay, well, hold on. The reason we started this is because a UNLV basketball player yesterday said that for breakfast he had pepperoni rolls. And uh-huh. I, actually, okay, when's the last time you ate like bagel bites or pizza rolls or anything like that? Uh, probably 25 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Not a long time. Okay. When is the last time you just ate pizza? Ooh, yesterday. Oh, okay. Okay. And cause here's the other thing we were talking about it and I was like, it's really weird to eat them for breakfast. I have eaten pizza for breakfast at some point this year. When's the last time you ate pizza in the morning? Ooh, uh, probably sometime over the summer. I got okay. real lazy when it came to, to cooking. Um, so there were there were certainly days, maybe maybe days in a row, where I would eat pizza for breakfast. Yeah, that's that's fine. So I should I should perfect breakfast. Food. I shouldn't judge him as much because it's basically the same thing the as kid? a bagel no. bite. Yeah, no. it's the same thing. And he's in college, so go for it. Um, all right, here's a here's an actual hockey question for you. Um, oh, actually, okay, let let's do it this way. You've got, we're, we're going to make you do something here. We've got Michael Hutchison, Aiden Hill, and Logan Thompson. Of those three, which one is the air fryer? Which one is the toaster oven? And which one is the microwave? Yeah, I don't want to do that. Not at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Listen, uh, if you're basing it solely on who's allowed a goal, uh, I think it's fairly obvious. Uh, Logan, listen, Logan Thompson was perfectly fine last night. I thought he was pretty controlled in his movement, which is you know kind of the thing you're looking for from Logan, uh, because there are tendencies and times where he's a little bit overactive in his crease. Um, I thought Michael Hutchinson had a really strong game uh, against the Colorado Avalanche, but the, the Golden Knights were pretty structured in, in terms of how they played in the first period. Uh, pucks were sticking to him. Aiden Hill. Uh, didn't really get to ease into the game at all, right? Like, the, you, you kind of come in halfway through the game. You don't really have a chance to go, go through your standard routine. Um, I'd like to reserve answering this question for the moment where Aiden Hill is allowed to go through his prep and starts a game because I think there's a major difference between starting a game, coming in halfway through. So uh, we're going to label this one incomplete for right now because I don't have enough data on Aiden Hill. How about that? Do you incomplete. think incomplete is right? Do you think that the competition is as serious as Bruce Cassidy is making it out to be, or do you think Logan Thompson will be given every chance to be the guy? Yeah, I, I think that both are correct. I, I do think it's a serious competition. I, I do think that you know the Golden Knights are, are going to allow. 
the goaltenders to really set the tone and, and figure out who should be the guy. Um, and I do think that Logan Thompson's going to get opportunities to thrive. Like you're talking about a guy that really did some good work for the team last year down the stretch. And, you know, if, if Bruce Cassidy has this Golden Knights team playing solid and structured defensively, then the goaltenders should have an easier time in terms of what types of pucks they're going to see and, you know, how many high danger chances are, are, are going to kind of come their way. So, um, in a, in a sense, I, I do think that this is Logan Thompson's job to lose, but there is a legitimate con- conversation about who's going to be that guy, and I think that it's boosted by how well Michael Hutchinson played on Sunday night. It's boosted by competition inside of camp. I don't think it's a bad thing, but I do think it is Logan Thompson's job to lose. What are the chances that we get to the end of training camp the Golden Knights front office doesn't want to lose one of these three goalies. So Logan Thompson goes to the AHL because he's the only one that's waiver exempt. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, it's possible, right? Like we've seen that happen before with the Golden Knights where just for the sake of trying to, to maximize your roster, you don't want to lose any assets for nothing. Um, you get to a point where you look at waiver eligibility and, and or lack thereof, and you make your decisions that way. To me, because this season is so important for Vegas, because they want to hit the ground running and really establish themselves or reestablish themselves as a team to be reckoned with in the Pacific Division, if Logan Thompson is far and away clearly the best guy, he should be starting because every single time you ice a team this year, it should be with the intention of winning a game, not for anything to happen in the future. Did you think Eichel and Kessel were as fun as everyone was saying? Uh, they were fun. Yeah, it, it, it's, you know, like, I think a lot of it's kind of the allure of Phil Kessel, and, and believe me, there's allure there. Um, I, I loved, obviously, the goal from Jack Eichel, the ability to kind of get on his on his horse and, and really breeze by defenders uh, in the neutral zone. But then there were some kind of board plays in the offensive zone. There was that one shift where I think uh, the only two players that touched the puck were Jack Eichel and Phil Kessel, and they had the puck in the offensive zone for about a minute and a half. And then there's you know some interplay off the boards. The chemistry will come. I think it's there. Uh, it's just going to need some honing, and you're you're going to have to convert on some of the opportunities that they did have uh, outside of the goal. Uh, I thought the possession time in the offensive zone was fun, but it's got to lead to something. Are there any defensemen good enough to make the Golden Knights say? Uh, we don't need Nick Hague, or maybe don't need, but we're okay starting the season without Nick Hague because we have this person to be our sixth defenseman. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting, right? Because I, I think that the Golden Knights already have six defensemen. They, in, you know, you've got Alec Martinez and Chase Theodore, you've got Braden McNabb and Alex Petrangelo, then you've got Zach Whitecloud and Ben Hutton. And I think if you're going into the season – you feel okay with that. The question is going to be who's your seventh defenseman and how much are they going to play? Um, kind of the early returns here, Caden Korzak is a guy that I think can fit that bill. Uh, last night, Daniil Cheka was fantastic for the Golden Knights. I mean, like legitimately really, really good. Um, so I think there's some guys there that can push for that seventh defenseman spot. I don't know that they're going to necessarily beat out, say, a Ben Hutton, but you know, you're, you're looking for just an ability to go out there, have somebody paired up with Zach Whitecloud that you trust, that you can really rely on. I would argue that Caden Korzak's maybe a, a more Bruce Cassidy type of defenseman, but you, you have to make sure that he's ready for those opportunities in those minutes. And if he is, 
then it becomes a little bit more challenging for Nick Hague to get a deal done because if the Golden Knights are okay without Nick Hague in the lineup, any type of leverage that he's hoping to gain is kind of out the window at that point. Is Paul Cotter good because he sits in compression pants? <laughs> uh, listen, I'm pretty surprised at how, how good the legs were working for Paul Cotter last night. And, you know, maybe that's just a product of being young. Maybe it's a product of getting in the compression pants. Maybe I should try that, um, and I'll be able to run more than two miles at a time. Like, I, the, the recovery, the ability to, to kind of push your body that way, um, it, it, it's, it gives you an idea of how hard Paul Cotter is pushing here. And it was really nice to see him follow up Sunday with a strong performance again last night. I thought he was really good. Uh, of course, he doesn't score, but he had a couple of really good looks, great move in the shootout. But it was more the hits. It was more you know, tracking back, making sure that he was physical in certain situations, back-checking pressure, all of that. Um, really impressive two games from Paul Cotter so far. Surprised right. he didn't score on that backhand. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate because I feel like he he felt like he had it. He, yeah. he just didn't get it into the he didn't get the shot where he wanted it. But in and around the puck all the time, every single time he's on the shift, uh, every single time he's on the ice, good things are happening. All right, Ryan, uh, let me show you how to do this. Aiden Hill is the microwave because he just got here and he's got to be good right now. And he got put into a game midway through and had to you know get the food ready right away like a microwave. Michael Hutchinson is the oven because he's got the most games played of these three and the oven takes the longest, but we're always looking for better ways to cook things than the oven. And Logan uh-huh. Thompson's the air fryer, relatively new, small sample size, and everybody seems to love it. Okay. Good job, buddy. <laughs> and boy, you had to uh, think about that one. That was Laurent Rossois is uh, taking some tinfoil, putting it in the sun <laughs> and hoping that it gets hot enough to kill bacteria. Is he on the horizon? It's just frying an egg in Death Valley. Yes, that's what's happening there. All right, he's Ryan Wallace from the VGK Insider Show. Ryan, thank Thank you you so much. Thanks, guys. Uh, So, yeah, uh, that is, yeah, where is uh, Laurent Brossard? Are we going to, man, what if Bruce Cassidy says he's on the horizon? Oh, it'd be then great. that must that literally must mean that that's the language they use. The, in injury, man- the, the yeah, medical these, staff yeah. uses he's like, upper body, mid body, lower no, body on the horizon. No, that's the that's what management sent out. Remember that list you found in someone's office here? They sent out a list to uh, ah, the coaches oh, that the are terms? like, this is what you're allowed to say. Upper body, lower, lower body, body, horizon. I'm actually hoping that the medical staff tells the coaches ah, he's on the horizon. Like, doesn't give yes. them actually updates. And by the way, I was not there. Bruce Cassidy yesterday said that somebody has a mid-body injury. Mm-hmm. Alec Martinez. He did not have, not upper or body. We now have a mid-body right. injury. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what was the joke everyone was doing on Twitter? Is that from, like, hips to nips? Apparently. Yeah. So shoulders, neck, and head is upper body. Anything below the waist is lower body. And anything in the middle. Is mid body. So mid-body. we're actually getting slightly more specific yes. now with Bruce Cassidy. Can we get a fourth I, region defined? Can we get like a lower and then like a left lower middle? <laughs> oh, Jared. Oh, we're I, we're going in multiple directions now. If we're going left and right, upper right body injury. Yeah, because eventually someone's going to have like he his fingers hurt. Yeah, they might tell us that. All right. We got tickets, more tickets to give away. Uh, If you want to go see Roger Waters, we got tickets for you right now. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. Roger Waters, this is not a drill. Live in the round, Saturday night, October 1st.
at T-Mobile Arena. We'll take caller number 11 at 702-364-1100. That's 702-364-1100 for tickets. The awkwardness I say, you know, we, I speak on when he asked for it. it just, it's just one of those shocking things. You know, you have it as a best friend, and you're watching your best friend go through now the other side of the media storm that comes with this trade request. And being in the middle of, uh, you know, it's kind of like a cluster, you know what I mean? Just like all of this, you know, all the stories that we, we've come up with, all the narratives around this team, that it's hard to answer every single question you guys have about us and what our intent is. So I'll do my best uh, to just say that, you know, I honored what Kev had uh, going on, and I was wishing him the best, but this was the best opportunity for him. And that's the best opportunity for me, and we feel good. And it's not just about us. It's about how great we are as teammates in our team. You're locked in the press box. Who is that? Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the narratives that the media made up. Wasn't even the most ridiculous thing he said yesterday either. I know. You see that he said he He was, said something like he gave up. Uh, I gave up four years, 100, 100 and something million, million yeah. deciding to be unvaccinated. Yeah. Isn't he playing for like 40-something million this year? Yeah. Okay. I thought so. (laughs) Where's this hundred? What Was he going to get a new contract if he showed up? And he's vaccinated? vaccinated? Because here's the problem with Kyrie. He he wasn't playing before the vaccination stuff. Before COVID, there were questions about how often Kyrie Irving was going to play. This isn't a... Kyrie Irving won an NBA title with LeBron and was like... I don't want to be in his shadow. I need to go somewhere else. Kyrie Irving. What? So the Celtics, I believe they went to the Eastern conference finals, acquired Kyrie Irving, did not go to the Eastern conference finals, got rid of him. And like two years later, went to the the finals. Finals. Coincidence. He's left an NBA champion and an almost NBA champion twice in like five years. And done nothing. Right. Well, he, I wouldn't say he's done nothing. He's definitely, Brought some some joy to my life in the fact that I get to make fun of a millionaire, and I don't think he understands that it's like no no dude people are mocking you. Is he is he the worst good player in American sports that your favorite team could trade for? That's Deshaun Watson. Is he the second worst good player in North American sports that your team could play for could trade for? Well, after Deshaun, he's probably leading in the clubhouse. I'm trying to think of others who are bad dudes but great players. Because here's the thing about Kyrie Irving. he You don't know when he's going to play. And you don't know what reason he's going to play. What's the – Jared, Google something for me. Um, I'm Come almost certain it. Kyrie Irving, does he like – is it him that like has missed the same game for his sister's birthday or something like that? I'm on it. Something along. There's, I don't know. Wasn't I might there, be conflating Wasn't there a game he missed so that he could do like a Zoom meeting or something? <laughs> do you remember that? That sounds fake. Come on, Daddy. <laughs> no, wasn't there? I, I think it was like in 20, the 2020-21 season, there was something about how he skipped a game. And, Who was he or, Zooming with? Or he skipped a road trip and he wound up on a Zoom of like, Somebody important. I don't know. They were holding a Zoom, and he logged in. Uh, as on January 11th, he had missed three games because he he wanted to party with his sister and his father for their birthdays. Yeah, he literally um, just didn't show up to a series. To three games because he was like, I don't want to. And that was in 
that was in 2021. So that was post COVID. But I also remember, I know exactly what you're talking about as far as never knowing if he was going to play because I, I want to say in 2019, I drafted him on my fantasy team <laughs> and <laughs> you'd put him in the lineup and it'd just be like, nah, nah, he's taking the day. And you just feel well, like, he, if uh, he spent three days away for their birthdays, your, your contention party. that it's an annual thing might be true. Right. Um, Danny is correct. Oh, my um, God. The Nets <laughs> job, were Danny. playing the Denver Nuggets. Kyrie was not there. And he appeared on, I don't know what the Zoom call was about, but he appeared on a Zoom call with uh, like 150 people on here. Uh, but he was on there. So he did not play in a game <laughs> and then end up on a Zoom call. Um at Star the same player. time. Yeah. Star so like <laughs> wor- again, worst I okay, I should phrase it this way. Outside of somebody who has broken the law, worst person that your favorite team could trade for. Obviously there Other are Other than Deshaun. Right. Obviously there are people that have like committed crimes that you don't want right. to cheer for. Right. But like if you were like, "Ah, we traded for a good player, your new star player, Kyrie Irving's I think the worst that you could actually acquire as it, you know, if it's your favorite team, it's bad. I think I wouldn't want that guy on my no. team at all. And regardless of what the trade, even if it was like, ah, we gave up nothing and the other team's paying his full salary. I'd be like, no, <laughs> I don't want him. Like, I don't think you, I don't think you want your favorite team to trade for Russell Westbrook either. But for you, a different reason. But yeah, you know Westbrook's going to show up and play yeah. as hard as he well, can. He, and he's, and he'll, yeah. he'll shoot as much as he can. He's just... He walked and he's he just a lot. Right. He's just, you know, not not fit for modern basketball like right. other players are. He like he, you don't want your favorite team trading for Westbrook, but he's actually gonna show up and you, play very hard. You guys remember when Russell Westbrook broke his face? He literally had like a caved in cheekbone and they were like, Oh, yeah. he's gonna miss time. He played the next game. And shot 14 threes. Of course. Why wouldn't he? Like he's an insane person. I want that guy on my team. I just don't want him to have the ball. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you want him in the league. Right. That's he, what it is. He's still, even when he's bad, he still provides entertainment. Right. There's still great Russell Westbrook plays. And there's also, he hits the side of the backboard on a 12 foot <laughs> jumper. Like, you want him in the league. You just probably don't want him on your team. But you'd still take him 100 times out of 100 over Kyrie Irving. Danny bet the Raiders. <laughs>